Volume Two, Chapter Sixteenth of The Antiquary. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Antiquary by Sir Walter Scott, Chapter Sixteenth. Yes, I love just as well as well as you do, but since the good dame's blind, she shall excuse me if time and reason fitting, I prove dumb. The breath I utter now shall be no means to take away from me my breath in future. Old play. By dint of charity from the townspeople, in aid of the load of provisions he had brought with him into durance, Eddie Ochiltree had passed a day or two's confinement, without much impatience, regretting his want of freedom the less, as the weather proved broken and rainy. The prison, he said, was to say dooms bad a place as it was kite. Yet I a good roof o'er your head to fend off the weather, and if the windows weren't glazed, it was the mare airy and pleasant for the summer season. And there were folks enow to crack with, and he had bread enough to eat, and what need he fish himself about the restite? The courage of our philosophical mendicant began, however, to abate when the sunbeams shone fair on the rusty bars of his grated dungeon, and a miserable linnet, whose cage some poor debtor had obtained permission to attach to the window, began to greet him with his whistle. "'Here in better spirits than I am,' said Eddie, addressing the bird, "'for I can neither whistle nor sing for thinking o' the bunny burn sides and green shies that I should have been dondering beside in weather like this. But I—' There's some crumbs to ye, and ye are sign merry, and troth ye have some reason to sing, and ye kent it, for your cage comes by no foot to your ain, and I might think myself that I am closed up in this weary place. Ochiltree's soliloquy was disturbed by a peace officer, who came to summon him to attend the magistrate. So he set forth an awful procession between two poor creatures, neither of them so stout as he was himself to be conducted into the presence of inquisitorial justice. The people, as the aged prisoner was led along by his decrepit guards, exclaimed to each other, "'Eh! See such a grey-haired man as that is, which I have committed a highway robbery, with I fit in the grave.' And children congratulated the officers, objects of their alternate dread and sport. Puggy Orock and Jock Ormston, on having a prisoner as old as themselves. Thus marshalled forward, Eddie was presented, by no means for the first time, before the worshipful Bailey Littlejohn, who, contrary to what his name expressed, was a tall portly magistrate, on whom corporation crusts had not been conferred in vain. He was a zealous loyalist of that zealous time, somewhat rigorous and peremptory in the execution of his duty and a good deal inflated with the sense of his own power and importance, otherwise an honest, well-meaning, and useful citizen. "'Bring him in! Bring him in!' he exclaimed. "'Upon my word, these are awful and unnatural times. The very beadsmen and retainers of His Majesty are the first to break his laws. Here has been an old blue gown committing robbery. I suppose the next will reward the royal charity which supplies him with his garb, pension, and begging license, by engaging in high treason, or sedition at least. But bring him in. Eddie made his obeisance, and then stood, as usual, firm and erect, with the side of his face turned a little upward, 
as if to catch every word which the magistrate might address to him. To the first general questions, which respected only his name and calling, the mendicant answered with readiness and accuracy. But when the magistrate, having caused his clerk to take down these particulars, began to inquire whereabout the mendicant was on the night when Dousterswivel met with his misfortune, Eddie demurred to the motion. "'Can you tell me now, Betty, you that understands the law, what good would it do me to answer any of your questions?' "'Good?' No good, certainly, my friend, except that giving a true account of yourself, if you are innocent, may entitle me to set you at liberty. But it seems more reasonable to me now that you, Bailey, or anybody that has anything to say against me, should prove my guilt, and not to be bidding me prove my innocence. I don't sit here, answered the magistrate, to dispute points of law with you. I ask you, if you choose to answer my question— whether you were at Ringan Akewood, the foresters, upon the day I have specified. Really, sir, I don't feel myself called on to remember, replied the cautious bedesman. Or whether in the course of that day or night, continued the magistrate, you saw Stephen or Steenie Mucklebacket. You knew him, I suppose. Hoy, probably did I ken Steenie, poor fellow, replied the prisoner, but I can't condescend on any particular time I have seen him lately. "'Were you at the ruins of St. Ruth any time in the course of that evening?' little John said the mendicant. "'If it be your honour's pleasure, we'll cut a lang tale short. "'And I'll just tell ye, I'm no money to answer any of they questions. "'I'm more old a traveller to let my tongue bring me into trouble.' "'Write down,' said the magistrate, "'that he declines to answer all interrogatories in respect to that, "'by telling the truth, he might be brought to trouble.' "'Nay, nay,' said Ogletree. "'I know how that sat down as only part of my answer. "'But I just meant to say that, in I in my memory and practice, "'I never saw any good come answering idle questions.' "'Write down,' said the bailey, "'that being acquainted with judicial interrogatories by long practice, "'and having sustained injury by answering questions put to him on such occasions, "'the declarant refuses.' "'Nay, nay, bailey.' reiterated Eddie. You're no to come in on me on that gate neither. Dictate the answer yourself then, friend, said the magistrate, and the clerk will take it down from your own mouth. Aye, aye, said Eddie. That's what I cried fair play. I's do that without loss of time. Say, neighbor, you may just write down that Eddie Ochiltree, the declarant, stands up for the liberty. Nay, I mun to say that neither. I'm nigh liberty boy. I have fought again them in the riots in Dublin. Besides, I have ate the king's bread money a day. Stay, let me see. Aye, write that Eddie Ochiltree, the blue gown, stands up for the prerogative. See that ye spell that word right, it's a langine. For the prerogative of the subjects of land. And when I answer a single word, that shall be asked at him this day, unless he sees a reason for it. Put down that young man. Then, Eddie, said the magistrate, since you will give no information on the subject, I must send you back to prison till you shall be delivered in due course of law. Oh, yes, sir, if it's heaven's will and man's will, nigh doubt I must submit, replied the mendicant. I had great objection to the prison, only that a body can't win out height, and if it would please ye as well, Bailey, 
I would give you my word to appear for the lords at the circuit, or in any other court ye like, on any day ye are pleased to appoint. I rather think, my good friend, answered Bailey Littlejohn, your word might be a slender security, where your neck may be in some danger. I am apt to think you would suffer the pledge to be forfeited. If you could give me sufficient security, indeed— At this moment the antiquary and Captain M'Intyre entered the apartment. "'Good morning to you, gentlemen,' said the magistrate. "'You find me toiling in my usual vocation, looking after the iniquities of the people, laboring for the Respublica, Mr. Oldbuck, serving the king, our master, Captain M'Intyre. For I suppose you know I have taken up the sword.' "'It is one of the emblems of justice, doubtless,' answered the antiquary. "'But I should have thought the scales would have suited you better, Bailey, "'especially as you have them ready in the warehouse.' "'Very good, Monkbarns. Excellent. "'But I do not take the sword up as justice, but as a soldier. "'Indeed, I should rather say the musket and bayonet. "'There they stand at the elbow of my gouty chair, "'for I am scarce fit for drill yet. "'A slight touch of our old acquaintance, Podagra.' I can keep my feet, however, while one sergeant puts me through the manual. I shall like to know, Captain M'Intyre, if he follows the regulations correctly. He brings us but awkwardly to the present. And he hobbled towards his weapon to illustrate his doubts and display his proficiency. I rejoice we have such zealous defenders, Bailey, replied Mr. Oldbuck, and I dare say Hector will gratify you by communicating his opinion on your progress in this new calling. "'Why, you rival the Hecate of the ancients. "'My good sir, a merchant on the mart, a magistrate in the townhouse, a soldier on the links. "'Quid non pro patria?' "'But my business is with the justice. "'So let commerce and war go slumber.' "'Well, my good sir,' said the bailey, "'and what commands have you for me?' "'Why, here's an old acquaintance of mine called Eddie Ochiltree, whom some of your myrmidons have mewed up in jail on account of an alleged assault on that fellow Dousterswivel, of whose accusation I do not believe one word. The magistrate here assumed a very grave countenance. You ought to have been informed that he is accused of robbery, as well as assault, a very serious matter indeed. It is not often such criminals come under my cognizance. And, replied Oldbuck, you are tenacious of the opportunity of making the very most of such as occur. But is this poor old man's case really so very bad? It is rather out of rule, said the bailey. But as you are in the commission, Monkbarns, I have no hesitation to show you Dousterswivel's declaration and the rest of the precognition. And he put the papers into the antiquary's hands, who assumed his spectacles, and sat down in a corner to peruse them. The officers, in the meantime, had directions to remove their prisoner into another apartment, but before they could do so, M'Intyre took an opportunity to greet old Eddie, and to slip a guinea into his hand. "'Lord bless your honour," said the old man. "'It's a young soldier's gift, and it should surely thrive with an iodine. I's no refuse it, though it's beyond my rules, for if they seek me up here, my friends are like enough to forget me. How to sight, out of mind, is a true proverb.' and it wouldn't be creditable for me that am the king's beadsman and entitled to beg by word of mouth to be fishing for bobbies out at the jail window with the feet of a stocking hand a string 
As he made this observation, he was conducted out of the apartment. Mr. Dosterswivel's declaration contained an exaggerated account of the violence he had sustained, and also of his loss. "'But what I should have liked to have asked him,' said Monkbarns, "'would have been his purpose in frequenting the ruins of St. Ruth, so lonely a place, at such an hour, and with such a companion as Eddie Ochiltree. There is no road lies that way, and I do not conceive a mere passion for the picturesque would carry the German thither in such a night of storm and wind. Depend upon it, he has been about some roguery, and in all probability hath been caught in a trap of his own setting. Neclex justitator ula. The magistrate allowed there was something mysterious in that circumstance, and apologized for not pressing Dousterswivel, as his declaration was voluntarily omitted. But for the support of the main charge, he showed the declaration of the Akewoods concerning the state in which Dousterswivel was found, and establishing the important fact that the mendicant had left the barn in which he was quartered, and did not return to it again. Two people belonging to the Fairport undertaker, who had that night been employed in attending the funeral of Lady Glenallan, had also given declarations that being sent to pursue two suspicious persons, who left the ruins of St. Ruth, as the funeral approached, and who, it was supposed, might have been pillaging some of the ornaments prepared for the ceremony. They had lost and regained sight of them more than once, owing to the nature of the ground, which was unfavorable for riding, but had at length fairly lodged them both in Mucklebacket's cottage. And one of the men added that he, the declarant, having dismounted from his horse and gone close up to the window of the hut, he saw the old blue gown and young steamy Mucklebacket, with others eating and drinking in the inside, and also observed the said steamy Mucklebacket show a pocket-book to the others. And declarant has no doubt that Ogletree and steamy Mucklebacket were the persons whom he and his comrade had pursued, as above mentioned. And being interrogated why he did not enter the said cottage, declares, he had no warrant so to do, and that his Mucklebacket and his family were understood to be rough-handed folk. He, the declarant, had no desire to meddle or make with their affairs. Causa sciententia patet. All which he declares to be truth, etc. What do you say? to that body of evidence against your friend said the magistrate when he had observed the antiquary had turned the last leaf why were it in the case of any other person i own i should say it looked prima facie a little ugly but i cannot allow anybody to be in the wrong for beating dousterswivel had i been an hour younger or had but one single flash of young warlike genius bailey i should have done it myself long ago he is nebulo nebulonum, an impudent, fraudulent, mendacious quack, that has cost me a hundred pounds by his roguery, and my neighbour Sir Arthur, God knows how much. And besides, Bailey, I do not hold him to be a sound friend to government. Indeed, said Bailey, little John, if I thought that, it would alter the question considerably. Right, for in beating him, observed old Buck, the beadsman must have shown his gratitude to the king by thumping his enemy, and in robbing him he would only have plundered an Egyptian, whose wealth it is lawful to spoil. Now, suppose this interview in the ruins of St. Ruth had relation to politics, 
and this story of hidden treasure and so forth was a bribe from the other side of the water for some great man or the funds destined to maintain a seditious club my dear sir said the magistrate catching at the idea you hit my very thoughts how fortunate should i be if i could become the humble means of sifting such a matter to the bottom don't you think we had better call out the volunteers and put them on duty not just yet while podagra deprives them of an essential member of their body but will you let me examine ochiltree certainly but you'll make nothing of him he gave me distinctly to understand he knew the danger of a judicial declaration on the part of an accused person which to say the truth has hanged many an honester man than he is well but bailey continued oldbuck you have no objection to let me try him none in the world monkbarns i hear the sergeant below i'll rehearse the manual in the meanwhile baby carry my gun and bayonet down to the room below it makes less noise there when we ground arms and so exit the martial magistrate with his maid behind him bearing his weapons a good squire that wench for a gouty companion observed oldbuck hector my lad hook on hook on go with him boy keep him employed man for half an hour or so butter him with some warlike terms praise his dress and address captain m'intyre who like many of his profession looked down with infinite scorn on those citizen soldiers who had assumed arms without any professional title to bear them rose with great reluctance observing that he should not know what to say to mr littlejohn and that to see an old gouty shopkeeper attempting the exercise and duties of a private soldier was really too ridiculous it may be so hector said the antiquary who seldom agreed with any person in the immediate proposition which was laid down it may possibly be so in this and some other instances but at present the country resembles the suitors in a small debt court where parties plead in person for lack of cash to retain the professed heroes of the bar i am sure in the one case we never regret the want of the acuteness and eloquence of the lawyers and so i hope in the other we may manage to make shift with our hearts and muskets though we shall lack some of the discipline of you martinets i have no objection i am sure sir that the whole world should fight if they please if they will but allow me to be quiet said hector rising with dogged reluctance yes you are a very quiet personage indeed said his uncle whose ardour for quarrelling cannot pass so much as a poor phoca sleeping upon the beach but hector who saw which way the conversation was tending and hated all allusions to the foil he had sustained from the fish made his escape before the antiquary concluded the sentence End chapter sixteenth